podcast brought to you by Pile Style Events. I'm Dennis Junk. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, Alicia Pyle. Morning. And today we're talking to, I don't you're kind of like a rock god. <laughs> if you flip the word and say dog, you might be right. <laughs> well, you're the first actual rock star. You're from Grim Reaper. This is Nick Bokai, everyone. Greetings. Glad to be on this. Yeah, and he was just telling us before I hit record that he he was working with Dave Grohl or he got to play with him. So what was that like? To cut a long story short, well, make a long story not quite as long. I had the good fortune of being very close friends with the late great Dimebag Daryl. Oh, yeah. We were managed by the same company. We liked the same music. We had the same guitar heroes. I ended up working on his Guitar World column that was supposed to run for six issues and ran for 64. So it became a book. That's so cool. Yeah, he had his own unique way of, like, you know, we called it Dimebonics. He had his own unique way of speaking, and that, that came through by the words. Each column took hours, because I'd interviewed him three times. I was basically producing and editing. He was supplying all the content, and we just chop and we'd chop it, but he'd dot every I and cross every T, so it was a pleasure. And when he passed, when he was inducted to the Rock and Roll, into uh GC Hollywood's Rock Walk, they had me speak, and then they had an auction, and they, they had an impromptu jam, which grew into something called Dime Bash, that all the money goes to charities that he'd support, like little kids, you know, like little kids rock and all that sort of stuff, and um, it's got bigger every year, and everyone wants to do it. That's and, really cool. And this year we had, Dave Grohl didn't only play, he barbecued for all the artists. So oh, that's he, awesome. So he was there at <laughs> nine in the morning, and it's the third time Dave's done it, like Lemmy's done it. We've had huge, huge names, and I get to play with people I have no right to play with, like the Corey Taylors and Dave Lombardas of this world. And what's funny about the Dave situation is that the previous two times he's played, they had me scheduled to play with him, and I'd always give it to someone else. And this time, the reader who's Dimebag's better half said, if you don't play, I'm throwing you out. So <laughs> I got to play, yeah, I, so I got to play the lead on Love Gun by Kiss, which is my favorite Kiss song, with with Dave Grohl and Corey Taylor and Rex that's Brown. So cool. It was pretty cool. It didn't suck, is the, te the technical <laughs> term. So that's the fun I have. What's it like, and you can bring this up again later if we talk about collaboration and stuff, what's it like playing with um, with people you like, like Kindred Spirits? What is that like? Because we play with everybody. You know, you work with different people at work and different you know avenues. But when you get to sit down and jam with someone that like thinks like you and you know has the heart you have for the music you love, what does that feel like? It's what's cool about it is that it's you know the the event always sells out. So you're putting up like we do rehearse and people like Corey Taylor turn up to rehearsal wow. and stay because it's fun because it's a kindred <laughs> spirit because it's yeah. a kindred spirit yeah. thing as you've said. I, I just trust these people. Uh, that might sound a stupid thing is that I've walked to some I've walked on stages with people who just who aren't prepared. You see bands they read the, the singers reading the lyrics off his phone. <laughs> it's like what? You pretend like I've never seen that. Before. And you're pretending that you're ready for this gig that people are paid to watch you. I kind of find that a little bit cheesy. Mm -hmm. But you, all these guys and girls, because we have you know like Nita Strauss, Courtney Cox, bunch of great females. Like we had five females play this year. Oh, good. It's which amazing. is which is how it should be. Yeah, and it is. Um, they're just all really prepared. So they come in knowing, you know, if, if there are versions of the song, they'll, you know, because I'm the MD, you know, you get someone like Corey Taylor. When Corey Taylor texts, which version are we doing? That tells you how serious he is because he doesn't want to mess it up. And you walk on stage with total confidence because you know I'm the other prepared. people, everyone else knows what they're doing. So it's up to you. Yeah, so it's real cool. Pros in the room. Yeah. That's so cool. And it was all for a good cause, too. It's not yeah. Like 
That's yeah, all, yeah, it was non-profit. remembering the the Abbott brothers because Vinnie passed away last year as well, unfortunately. Oh, so that's right. So we, you know, it was in like we only do it every couple of years as a rule because we don't want to become one of these. Oh, I'll see it next year events. We want it mm-hmm. to be special, not some blas. You know, don't want it become to become passe. But we we did it again this year just because of Vinnie passing and a lot of artists wanting to do something in memory of him. So you lost a lot of friends last year. Yeah, well, the older you get, yeah, the older you get, unfortunately. And some people get taken before their time. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know. I just had the honor of speaking at Jim Dunlop's memorial, but he made it to 82. That's that's, that's a good, good. run. Yeah. Vinny was 54. That sucks. Yeah. It really does. It really does. But you you know, humans are like light bulbs. You can never tell. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, you started up, well, I don't know if you started up, but you you became the prominence in the band Grim Reaper yeah and that was around the 80s yeah 80 yeah it's formed in 79 then we were so we were part of the new wave of British heavy metal allegedly yeah it was what, a fun period as I say what is it like you were touring the world and you saw all kinds of places and it was a different world back then though it was a really different world like to you had to work a lot harder to get noticed mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from the modern technology now Mm-hmm. There's a fake but, instant fame, though. <laughs> well, it's there's an there's a hey, I've got five thousand followers on Facebook. It doesn't mean anything if three people show up to your gig, and I see that happen all the time. Hey, we've got a really good Facebook following. It's like that's not a Where real following. Where are they? <laughs> yeah. Metallica has a good Facebook following because they they're selling out stadiums. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like a like, you know, it's it's interesting to try and evaluate the value of a like. On any social media platform, what does that mean? I've Are they being nice? On that, and it's, yeah. they call it engagement, and then how do, whether people take action, and it's yeah, like well, a fraction of a fraction of one percent of yeah. people who hit like actually do anything else. With yeah, whatever and it is that's what. It, at the end of the day, it's about action. Mm-hmm. You know, there are talkers and doers, and there are posters and doers as well. There are a lot of people who post, and it's interesting to watch what's going on there. But back in the day, you had to, you had to go out after dark know where the police were so you could fly a like lamppost <laughs> and not get busted for it yeah but it was more fun that way word of mouth was huge and you know you were only as good as your last show and you know to get press you had to actually write to people manually <laughs> and then post it if you were if people were interested in a demo they would send you money and you would mail it to them like you oh, know and now some of you know like you like that's how people like Metallica started like the whole grassroots thing it's not you don't just click you know go on garage band and then post it on your facebook so I hate was, social media man you're just making me sadder right now <laughs> well, no no i i think i think social media's great <laughs> i also think that it shouldn't be used as an excuse for laziness if that yeah. makes sense I just don't like the way people associate it with reality because we're all going to share things and like I choose to be positive by sharing right. a lot of my posts are for after events for thanking people like hey right. thank you for making the right. time for us to come play or letting us celebrate something with you or thank you to you for you know playing this great gig with our band or you know right. joining our band but it, I just feel like people think this is reality because everybody puts only their best foot forward and sometimes I don't know you miss the grit of like, you know, working in a band or the frustration of booking a show or, you know, and if you're not one of those whiners that goes out and like tells everything about your life all the time, people think things are perfect. And well, the, the funny thing is it's, you know, know, perception is reality. And I think it's weird. this is just my take. I think that people who, who live on social media, they can walk their own reality. 
<laughs> they do too. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's the old, old saying is if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes the truth. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people are on social media. Right? There's a lot of people helping them on social media with yeah. their own reality. But there are also a lot, the, but the troll factor, this narcissism supremely rules the internet, but you know, sure. the internet, social media, whatever, Twitter, you know, I hate the people who just hate for the sake of hating. But I also feel sorry for them because I feel that their lives are so valueless to them. Their only way of being significant internally is to post hate on other people because they're not doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then they'll get likes from other haters while they sit in their mom's basement. Yeah. I love that talk you gave at the beginning of the Rock Camps. Um, I don't know if you know, but Nick also coaches the mm-hmm. um, the Rock Camps this, uh, during the summer from time to time at Speedwater. And everybody clamors to get in his band. <laughs> and, uh, but, but with the beginning, or you give a talk during that week usually about the internet. About and trolls. trolls. Yeah, that's, you know, the sad thing is, you know, you, you have to accept the fact that if you post something, you know, what's weird is that some people get really upset. You know, I do content for Sweetwater. Yeah. And there are some, you know, I don't, I, I don't mind. I don't care because I grew up in it. You know, I was in a heavy metal band called Grim Reaper, for God's sake. We were, yeah. Kerrang dubbed us the ugliest band on the planet, and they were right. The what band? <laughs> the ugliest band. And, <laughs> and, which was, which, which was, but we started the joke. Okay. You know, like the first album didn't have any pictures of the band on, and I was asked by an interview. I think Malcolm Dunn, a great writer and still a good, became a good friend. He said, "Why are there no pictures?" I said, "Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> we want people band. to buy the record. We're, we're ugly <laughs> SOBs. You know, we don't want to." And he kind of dubbed it. So they actually, they like they actually in, in '85 or '86, they actually had a an annual award ceremony in like within the magazine and it, it was the Grim Reaper Ugliest Band in the World <laughs> Award you know, like, so, which was cool that's good marketing actually yeah. well no because the thing is this all press is good press but back in the day there were trolls but they well they weren't trolls if someone didn't like you and it you know there were, there were reviewers that hated us I'm sorry. I'm not, no, I, I don't care. You know, everyone's yeah. entitled to their opinion. And as long I'm, as there are fans that like you, it doesn't matter if there are yeah, I don't, who hate you. know, as, they, as the old saying goes, you know, if you can satisfy 90% of the people, so if, if you do a post and there are 9,000 positives and 10,000 negatives, you've won. Hey, you can be the president of the United States with 51% <laughs> of the vote, you know. You just did an article about that. <laughs> but, but people take it to heart. Sure. And especially kids, that breaks my. But you know, going back to the to the to the old days, you know, we got some brutal reviews. Like that, my favorite. There were two favorites. But the thing is, they weren't faceless. Rev- you know, they were people. They were Sister Lenny Bert of the of the rock world. So yeah. they were real people. And you had a chance of meeting. Them. They weren't faceless people who had a, an, an anonymous YouTube account with no followers, no posts. Mm-hmm. So they could just go out as bob snarky and slag everyone but uh, the playboy review was two words just said not recommended which was great <laughs> <laughs> and we had we had a well, within three months of the band coming out with cream magazine their big female journalist yeah. said she said you know she was doing a, a wrap-up of 84 and she goes these guys have only just come out but they already qualify to be one of the 10 worst bands of the decades so we sent her a dozen, well, we sent her 13 black roses as a thank you. <laughs> That's but, so cool. uh, but my favorite review of all time was, and it start, the, I still remember the, how it started. The guy said, listening to this record is as pleasurable as giving yourself a frontal lobotomy with a blunt butter knife. Oh, oh my lord! That was a great review. That's good trolling. It's, great, yeah. it's good trolling, but it's not faceless trolling. I, yeah. I, I just like stand face, by it. Put your name on it. I just like faceless trolls. My I always tell my kids 
don't let your thumbs write a check your intellect or your physique can't cash. And I hate to right. say physique, but I've seen posts that would get people punched at an old age pensioner's bingo hall. Because, uh -huh. you know, people just, you know, Randy Rhodes sucked. It's like, and you are who, sorry? Yeah. What have you done? Yeah. You know, people, I was just, just had my review and one of the bosses said, you know, are you bothered by trolls? And I'm going, no, I don't even, I don't even, I don't read anything. Because if, if someone likes it, who if someone who I value their opinion of likes it, they'll contact me personally. Mm -hmm. You know, I really you don't, don't care what comments, some. I don't really care what some smart ass in in the you know in Fort Wayne, Indiana, for example, <laughs> has to say. Well, it's it's sad because a lot of the younger musicians coming up, or younger anything coming up, if they put something out there, when you're 15 or 16 years old, and what was Nesso? He he talked to a young kid who's he's getting trolled regularly, and he's doing his own music, and he's getting like targeted by people at school. It's and I'm yeah. sort of thinking, man, you're gonna target a kid creating art that's actually really quality well, you art. Know, the, the, there are some there are some people who've stood up again. You know that I think the media is irresponsible now. There was a, I don't know if you saw the thing of Denzel Washington addressing the media and you, the, the silent embarrassment because he very politely said, "Why are you asking me this question? Is this based on fact? You have a responsibility." Mm -hmm. and what you if you write something that's incorrect or or gives the wrong impression you you could damage someone's life that's your responsibility and you can yeah. hear them all going it is so everyone's desperate for clickbait so they'll you know we, race we, to the bottom it's just this tabloid gossip instead of yeah like substantive critiques or anything like as silly as like when jim dunlop passed recently you know i got the news straight away because for those was, that don't know to dunlop you want to tell them what dunlop is oh yeah dunlop, like dunlop's the pick manufacturer that every rock star on the planet uses a dunlop pick so his his impact on rock music you know he's the crybaby guy but just his picks he was the guy who took picks from being an afterthought to a work of art mm -hmm. and sorry you know, i just wanted to ask no no that's that's, that's a valid yeah. question but when Jim passed, I contacted his son Jimmy, and you know, like I wrote the like I wrote a tribute eulogy, and then sent said to Jimmy, said, "Hey, you know, I, I hope this isn't true, but it looks like it is because I'd seen him at NAMM, and he said, you know, his father was he was 82, and he said the doctors are saying he doesn't have long to go. So I said, you know, rest assured, we will not post anything until the family's made an official notification. And the company got back to me and said, hey, we really want to thank you because a lot of people have jumped the shark mm -hmm. and they've damaged relationships permanently. That's how stupid, you know, rushing to get clickbait can be. Yeah. yeah. Or if, you know, God forbid you post that someone's dead and they're not, which, which happened a few years ago with one of the guys in Motorhead. Oh, um, that's right. I remember yeah. that. That's the Mark Twain quote that... The rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated. Exaggerated, yeah. But it's but you know, but can you imagine being that family and getting calls? Go, hey, we're really sorry. Sorry for what? Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. And then you hurry up and call the person. Yeah. <laughs> no, are you so, alive? Yeah. No, it's horrible. Yeah. So, and talking of kids, what's interesting too is anyone listening to this who does troll, good luck. You know, I don't really care what you think anyway. But I will warn you this: this is if you upset the wrong person, they can find you. <laughs> no, no, it's they true. can. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, they yeah. can. There was a, there were, there were two great instances. One actually, ironically enough, a few years back was a band in Fort Wayne, and they posted something very braggedly about going to, ironically, Dimebag Daryl's grave and defacing it. Oh God! And it went viral. It went viral globally, and within three or four hours, their their names, their addresses. And the contact information for their employers was actually posted. 
and people were saying and because they pissed off the wrong person yeah and the guy was an internet guy and he went okay let me track this down because every every post leaves a digital footprint. Oh, it doesn't sure. matter what you, you you can have a fake name. They'll track you down to a, yeah. they'll track you down to your computer and then it's and then they've IP got address you. And yeah, they know who you are. And I was working with a young kid from uh, Las Vegas, and he was an aspiring. He, when he was thirteen, he was head of the prodigy as a lead guitar player. Then he got disenchanted with rock and took a different direction. And he, so he posted what he was doing, which was brilliant, but it wasn't rock. It was, you know, it was hip hop sort of R and B stuff. And he got trolled, and they had a, a close family friend tracked people down and found to his horror that a lot of them were adults. It wasn't other kids. It was it was adults, you know, middle aged bankers, you know, in middle to higher management using it. An anonymous thing so he tracked them down to the point where with three or four cases he showed he found their phone numbers and texted them and said I know who you are this is not who you are you apologize to this kid online using your you know you say you were wrong if you don't I'm gonna post the information on you yeah and you can suffer the consequences awesome. of your of your actions and they all did but it's that's how it's set. It's like, like that Mr. Robot show that we've been watching. Oh man, this is all just made me laugh because every now and then when I log into LinkedIn, it tells you like who's looking at your profile, and every single time I get so creeped out. I'm always like, um, I, you know, I have my profile set on LinkedIn, so not looking for work because I'm right. already overemployed. But it's like, you know, so and so is viewing your profile, and every time I get on LinkedIn, I just start laughing. Like, I don't need to know this stuff. No, I, I who is that? Some place you work, the people they were looking why at. Why are they profile, looking at my like, list? I don't know why they're doing it. It's just funny. The internet, the internet can be fun though too. Well, no, no, it's it's, it's a wonderful, it? it's a wonderful way of keeping in touch with people it's a great yeah. way of communication sharing it's you know the only the only trouble is that it gives everyone the same size soapbox and the same size megaphone yeah and they've all got something to say well at least it's not those you know cruddy pile megaphones are using at the political <laughs> rallies now yeah but the, they're the, not made by my family for the record yeah but the good thing <laughs> is about political rallies that, that you know who's saying it because yeah. they're there with yeah. the megaphone Especially At least the they've got phones. some guts. At least <laughs> yeah. they believe in their stupidity. Yeah. Well, and they're doing something other than sitting at a computer yeah. in their mom's basement or wherever. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's kind of laughable to a degree. My advice to anyone who gets trolled is, this, there are, a, don't let someone who doesn't matter, matter. And that's what it boils down to. If you do, a, if you do a, like a post of a Van Halen song and some of they will, people say you suck, unless it's Eddie Van Halen, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it and if it is hey he listened to you play yeah. something yeah. so you know all yeah. press is good press. hey Eddie thought I sucked good that's awesome that's yeah. positive <laughs> press you can not that he yeah. would because he's a nice guy but do you know what I mean yeah. it's it's you know slice the loans an idiot it's like shut up you're making me feel bad now for not liking Weezer's cover of Africa a couple years ago but so you you kind of started doing what we would call content marketing right in fact you were still doing like guitar world i saw some of your stuff i was searching for and i guess my, my question would be you know you can use the internet and you can use all these content providers and social media positively to kind of promote what you're doing or to right. help people find the guitars that they like or something like that so how do you use it positively i guess well you question. know I, I was just saying prior to coming here i was with marshall for nearly 24 years and with Fender working for EVH and Charlton mm -hmm. and Jackson and I was artist relations and marketing so to me the most I still have a soft spot for print because it's tactile yeah me too <laughs> like it's something you physically hold you're really invested say say if you if, if a guitar manufacturer or amplifier or a pedal 
if you take an ad out in Guitar World, the person who buys the magazine is already interested, so you've already got an audience. Yeah. And then it's a question of how good your advertisement is, like will it engage them? Will it stop them? Will it create interest? Will it create reaction? Well, they did find your Facebook page and you had quite a few followers. Yeah. <laughs> But none of them are my friends. No, actually, I have a lot of friends, but you know, don't confuse Facebook friends with real friends either, yeah. folks. Yeah, that's true. I thought I was both for you, and now I'm sad. No, no, no. I, no, I, like I. The funny thing is, I love that it's 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 a source of amusement for me going back to the perhaps like people so we've gone off track. All oh, these, fine, yeah. All these idiots posting about politics. <laughs> The best one I saw was the uh, best one's my mom. No, I'm just oh, no, there were some people. There were some. But she got hacked by the Russians. Like I actually, um, I actually unfollow people if they if they're politically aggressive because you know because they're often belittling for other people. Yes. There's a self righteousness there that's stupid. So. And um, you know, I think well, there was a comedian. I can't remember his name. One of the funny, one of the best comedians was talking about. You know, he said everyone's so worried about Trump winning because it, you know the bottom line is this, folks. Obama was in power for eight years and he knew how many days in the house it was. He goes, how many times did he call you and see what you thought? He didn't, did he? So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Your opinion doesn't matter. It's and true. it's true. You yeah. know, I hate to say it. You know, you you have the ability to vote. If you vote and the person you voted for lost, at least you voted. Did I, love, I love the people that don't vote, but then moan about it. Yeah. But, uh, Which was like, what, two thirds of the electorate last year. I know, which is <laughs> pathetic. But yeah, going back to marketing, it's like the hardest thing about social media marketing is the fact that there's so much white noise out there. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, getting, there's so much everything out there. It's yeah. the, the content shock, I think is what they call it. So you, you get on there and you can take any rabbit trail and go anywhere, but you want your thing to stand out so people yeah, can see it. And you can, you know, there, was, there are ways of, you know, the, there are people much smarter than me using Google Analytics and all this stuff to find if mm -hmm. someone's interested and then, and then it'll pop up in something they're doing. But the smart guys like Sweet want to do it in such a way that it's not obtrusive. Mm -hmm. Like I find, I, there are a lot of places that are invasive. Oh, yeah. Like pop-up ads and it becomes the point where, you know, there are, there are, there are certain apps that I won't use because they've got advertising built in. Mm -hmm. And it becomes, it takes over your phone. It's, it's nonsense you're not interested in. Well, and the other scary thing is on the back end, they're recording all your information. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's so, getting pushed around and traded. Oh, so, yeah. I was yeah. looking up SUVs last night, and 20 minutes later, I was on Instagram, and every fourth ad was an SUV. Yeah, that's And I was scary. like, this isn't creepy at all. No, it, no it's big, it's like the big brother thing, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you got it. yeah, it's, it's the hardest thing for a, like for music, in my opinion, at the end of the day, nothing's going to beat actually going out there and actually performing in front of people as much as you humanly can. Having garage band and a Facebook page does not make you an artist. I'm sorry. Yeah. It might make you a creative artist, sure. but it doesn't it doesn't make you a performing, performing artist. artist. Yeah. And I've I've met some brilliant guitar players who have some who have good names on the internet, and this might sound horrible, but they can't play standing up. They can't jump in. You notice when you're in like you do odd collaborations. I'll just say my groups. We we collaborate with a lot of people, and you know not super often because we're all busy and have a lot of commitments. But you notice when people can jump in and get the gist of what's going on quickly and find right. their spot. They know what they're talking about. But I know what you're talking about, where it's like I can do my thing really well, but you know, I God forbid, I have to work with somebody else and like explain that to them or make it happen together. And right. on the bandstand or in the rehearsal room, you learn more quickly. That's so. one of my favorite things with. You know, I've seen these guys, you know, and they're brilliant guitar players, but you, but I've seen a couple that can't play standing up because they have to be like this. 
So if they stand up, the guitars up here somewhere, and they they, they have to be stationary. So that's there's no performance there. <laughs> there's no performance there. And as you know, the late great Daryl said, someone asked him once, "Do do you record standing up or sitting down?" He goes, "You don't go to war sitting down unless you're driving a tank." So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's no, cool. That's, that's true, though. So it's a it's a question. Um, actually, playing with other people is really important. That's it's a theme that we keep emphasizing. We've been writing. I've been writing a couple of articles with Alicia's input about social media marketing and um, helping musicians or artists of any type kind of promote themselves. And the main theme is like, you can get sucked into social media. It's, this, it's like the matrix, it's this whole other world. And you think you're doing something, you think you're moving needles and you can see all your likes and shares and all that. And then, like you said, you show up at a gig and there's only three people there. And that's putting the cart before the horse because the, you can amplify what you're doing in real life on social media but you can't you can't go the other direction. You can't yeah, really was, start on social media and then go to real life. What was the medium that, that was MySpace? MySpace, yes. When MySpace was big, I had a friend in industry who got so tired of the the fake the fake popularity that he created a facade band. Yeah. And and, and got like, you know, ten thousand followers and they didn't exist. <laughs> and it was just funny he just he did it as an exercise in you know showing the how worthless some of this stuff is yeah and i'm a huge fan of people who use social media to amplify what they're doing outside of yes. social media it goes yeah. back to what you were saying well even trump he's the yeah. perfect example he had all these wonderful rallies and this is what i was writing about just recently she's talking about and then he gets on twitter and that's yeah. why he has so much of an impact on twitter it's not that he started there and then had the no well the thing about trump is that he's you love or hate him the man has no filter yeah and he says what he thinks and he kind of doesn't care what you think and i i have a begrudging respect for people it's like that rock even rock if rock. i disagree with them <laughs> because at least you know where, where you stand with someone like that there's yeah. no there's no facade there's no there's no yeah. stage persona there's there's no it is what, what it I, is what i really think is this i would quibble with that because you have to have integrity before someone can know where they stand with you. And he changes where he stands with people. Well, he yeah, tells you honestly how he feels about you in the moment. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, that's a, a strength or a weakness, like depending, you know. Yeah. But at least he's, at least you know where you do or don't stand with him on that particular, pro yeah. you know, it might change <laughs> it now. issue by issue. But, but he'll tell you at least. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm not saying I'm a Trump supporter, but there's a big, I have, I find him amusing. He is. And he's using... He's using social media to... Twitter's an amusing place, and I don't want to get too political today, but just Twitter's an amusing place. I didn't realize I, I'm not really active on Twitter. I just started kind of looking and getting into it a little bit more, but people put a lot of... There's a lot of political content on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And I was mm -hmm. like, who has time for this? That's always my first thought in my mind, and I know I, I want to stay you know, informed of what's going on and stuff, but just literally all this just tweet garbage with... And it's really funny because that's my family nickname of 30 years was tweets. I'm old. I'm 32. I'll be in a week and a half. And I had the nickname before Twitter. But there's so much garbage on Twitter. Like, who has time for all this? Well, I want to know where these people find these hours. Well, that's one of the... I know when, when forums, you know, when I worked for Marshall, people, they, some of the higher-ups would get really upset about people on forums. Oh, this forum doesn't like us. I'm like, okay, well, show me the... Show me the show me the posts and the good forums. You can see how many they'll actually have records of how many times someone posts on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. and you can basically go after a while. Go hold on a sec. This person who doesn't who is of no significance whatsoever. I've you know I've googled the name. They're nobody apart from they own a guitar and they have a computer. 
Yeah. We don't know if he can play. Do you care? He's posted 3,000 times in a year. <laughs> that means, do the math. Does he have a job? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. The people posting the most. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, you know, how much, what sort movies. of life do you have? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, don't, don't confuse white noise with music. You know, it's, it's kind of strange. But speaking of content and social media, that was why one of the reasons I asked, and the other reason is just because I think you're an awesome person, but I asked Dennis if we could interview you is your content on social media is just really cool. You um you seem to share a philosophy I have, which I'm not important, but I really like to use social media for like thanking people and connecting because I advertise or not, you know, and I kind of have my life the way it goes and right. it is what it is. But I like to use it to thank people and, you know, connect with my friends, you know, musically, my musical friends. And you, you just have that whole, you take that to another level, like just, well, and like, it's gigantic and amazing. The checks in the mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no, your posts are always like, like, look at Nick's doing today and Nick's but, doing this. Like and, to me, it's about being positive. Yeah. It's about being positive, being grateful maybe in five years posted one thing negative because someone made an attack on someone that I thought was wrong. So I put my name, you know, I just basically said, you know, I don't think that should have been done and this is why. But it wasn't, I didn't attack the person. Yeah. But I stood up for the person they attacked. Out. Yeah. yeah, but you know, the one thing I would say to anyone who, the, the power of the internet is scary in as much as you can post all the, you can post all the hateful rhetoric and political opinion you want, but once you post it, it's out there. There's a digital footprint. Mm -hmm. And I know people who've lost jobs, who, sure. who haven't got jobs. You know, they've gone for the interview and it's gone great. Then HR go, check out what this guy says on Twitter or this girl says on Facebook. And they're like, yeah. nah. Well, I mean, yeah. there's politicians who they're finding stuff from yeah. before the internet and it comes Yeah, out. no, because there's a digital, f you can delete it, but it's still there and a smart IT guy can find it. So, yeah, you can damage your, you know, that's what I tell my kids, you, every post you do is part of your resume. It's a digital yeah. resume. You can be a straight A student, but if you're some sort of racist narcissist who hates everyone and belittles people, most people probably won't employ you. Well, and one of the things I think about too when I'm posting something is you might have kids someday and they're going to see this. It's like, is this what you, is this how you want to represent yourself? And it's like, you can get caught up in the moment and get really angry about some debate that's well, happening. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, who's, like, who's going to read this? And it's, what does it say about you? Oh, yeah, there, there, are, there are some close friends I'll make, you know, like there are certain things that I won't post, but you know, there are certain things that there are in jokes that you can get away with. Mm -hmm. But I would never do it to a stranger. I rarely, I will rarely um, like delete a comment, but if it's something that my 12-year-old daughter would see and be upset about, I'll delete it. And I'll in, instant message the person say, I deleted this because I have a 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. If you're, if, so if you're upset, let me know and I'll just delete it. And they always apologize. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, because people are stupid like that. You know, they really are. Well, we're yeah. just posting on someone else's Facebook page. But. Yeah. The internet brings out the stupid in a lot of people. Well, it's so easy to type it and hit enter. It's like it, you don't understand how consequential it can be. Oh, it can it, be it, huge. It, yeah, it can cost you a job. And that's I, I don't, one of the things I saw looking at your Facebook page, though, was just how often you were giving nods to other people. And that's something Alicia does, too. She's talking about thanking people. But it's just somebody's holding a fundraiser, doing something really great. Somebody put on a show that was really great. Yeah, only his are way more interesting. But it's just a, a, a shift that, I mean, you have to dial back your own ego. But... That makes your post so much more worthwhile to read. Well, it's fun to feature people, isn't it? Sometimes you ever feel like that? So what's it's fun to like give someone a shout out and feature them or celebrate them for a minute. Like, yeah, hey, you're they've awesome. done something. Yeah, you know, 
There are a lot of great people out there, and there's so much negativity out there, I think, that sometimes, you know, my mom always used to say, unless you've got something good to say, don't say it. Yeah. I could go on the internet and post all the, everything I think is wrong, but what does that do apart from make me look like some miserable idiot yeah. who's using social media to, yeah, it's, it's a fact. The funniest thing about what's happening right now is, maybe this will put, put, put my views into perspective, make, make, maybe make me my father, but... <laughs> When we did a dime bash in like 2012, and me and a me and a couple of guys, we had some young kids play, and they were asking us questions. So we ended up at the venue for like, you know, because the venue was just like, hey, this is a charity, you can leave. We were there till dawn, and you know, we were just telling stories about Daryl, mate. And one of the kids said, hey, Nick, I got a question for you. They said, we, you've had a great life, and I go, well, my bank manager would disagree, but <laughs> you know, they point and laugh when I walk in the bank. But that notwithstanding, they said, yeah, I'm. I like what I do, and I've been fortunate enough to. Well, I followed. I followed my dreams pretty hard, and that's my recommendation. To anyone out, don't let anyone put you off your dream like trolls. And sometimes a, a troll can be a family member. Yeah. Oh, we think you're. The, that's not realistic. You know, that's not possible. Follow it, and if you fail, at least you can look back. Fail to me once someone I saw it. Someone put an acronym. Fail just means first attempt in learning, and I think that's a great way of looking <laughs> at good. it. So you you only fail if you quit, but. You know, just follow your dreams, and then if you Maybe don't, your episode there. Because <laughs> the great thing about following your dream is, is I've got friends who didn't follow the dream or twisted their dream to fit a trend, and then when they got to the point where they couldn't do it anymore or quit, you can't even look back with happiness and go, "That was really fun. I didn't. Yeah, I gave it my best shot." It's like, yeah, I tried really hard, and I didn't even really like what I was trying to do that much. It's like, so I didn't do yeah. it. You know, be selfish. You know, that's what I always tell the kids too. But Anyway, so the guy said to me, he said, do you ever wish you were 25 again? And I said, the answer is yes, but with a huge caveat. And he's like, what's that? I said, it would have to be 1984 again, because I don't want to be 25 today. I'm yeah. sorry, because it's a different world. It might be a better world, but I, I like the old ways, which maybe makes me sound like my dad. I like the fact that you had, it, was harder, to, it was harder to get attention. Yeah. You had to really work and get attention. You can't do some stupid meme and be famous for 15 seconds. I get really bummed because I spend a lot of time educating. I spend a lot of time coaching my kids too. We don't just work on music, but my younger girls, like they get on Facebook and like the first thing they want to do, or Instagram is a little bit more relevant right. with the 12 year olds, 15 year olds. Like the first thing young women gravitate towards when they need some validation is posting a selfie. And while I'm not against selfies, you know, not a big deal. I'm just, you know, you, you'll go open an Instagram page and one of my students and I'm like, you know, can someone help her understand? When, is there a parent? Is there a friend? Is there a teacher? I can like, what are you doing right now? It's really cool that you can share. Like, you do just have to take a picture of your face, you know, every other day oh, and so put it online. Likes they get. Because it's the like factor. Like I need, I, need a, I need a little boost or a pick me up or someone to encourage me. So the quickest way I can do that as a young female that's attractive you know, is, is take a picture of my face and post it online. And so it's really hard because I want to coach and I want to say things, but I also want to be, you know, loving and patient with my yeah, students. It's, it's a tough one. It's a different world, though. It's the, when I was my, 12, you know, that wasn't what was available to get validation, you know. My biggest concern is the, well, you know, because you, you, you would get all this stuff, oh, music's dead. It's like Shinedown just played the Coliseum and sold it out, and no one's heard of them allegedly. <laughs> but enough people who can sell and they've sold at every stadium this tour I've known the guys for like 12 years and they've actually no 2000 longer than that 16 years they've earned their right they they did over 200 gigs last year they're they're walking their tour so don't let people you can twist statistics to to say whatever you want 
thing that there's, I had a math tutor said, look, I can prove to you statistically that if you mow your lawn three times a week, you're more likely to die before you're 60. Because you, you can find that curve. If you tweak numbers enough, you can find some stupid thing that will there's, identify you. There's a classic book on that book, How to Lie Against Yeah. It's oh, no, it's classic. Theory. And sometimes it's just tilting the scale of the graph. Yeah. Make this the one really long so it looks like it's flatlining. Yeah. yeah it's pretty funny. It's pretty, it's, um, I mean, it's, people get suckered by that. Sure. And you know the internet's that you know fishing now and all that sort of nonsense. Well, it's the the short attention spans too, and that's one of the things that bothers me about it. It's the quick image, it's the meme. But if you have like a, a longer piece or a, like a whole album instead of just a three minute song, it's you're you're less likely to get any attention. And it makes sense. I mean, it, it's a bandwidth issue. People don't have the time, but it kind of narrows our attention span, and then we don't have time to look into things like what do these statistics actually mean? What's the context that they're dealing with? And it's like, oh, I see a graph. It's going up or it's going down. That's it. No, <laughs> that's all how I have time for. I mean, that's one of the things the Sweetwater got. You know, they look at video content and they, you know they say they get all the numbers and they can see what the average view time oh, is. Yeah. And the average view time is very short. Yeah. But does that mean you know? It's to me, it's quality versus quantity. And the same applies with regards people who, you know, I'd rather have, if like 20,000 people watch a, watch a video and 19,000 chop out after five minutes, the 1,000 that watch the end, they might take action upon that. That's, that's a good yeah. return on investment in my opinion. Well, and some of those people are getting on and seeing that it's not what they wanted. Yeah, which is fine pounds, too. Yeah. Then, but a couple of people are driving that up a little bit. So the one people, the one group's in there for one minute, the other's in there for 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. And it looks like the average is right in the middle. It's nothing. But it's like, okay, well, how many people does that like 10 minute average actually represent? So those are the people who are like deeply engaged with it. Yeah, and that's more that's what's interesting. Action. And yeah, it's the, the ADD approach. The, the, the hardest thing for music, in my opinion, like when I worked for Marshall, people would say, Who's your biggest competition? Mess a boogie. I'd be like, no, it's it's the Xbox. It's the, it's <laughs> the iPhone. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nothing to do with guitar here. It's just like people have this instant gratification pre-programmed into them now. So learning an instrument is hard. Yeah. It's not easy. So that's the, the first oh, yeah, my teaching first talk. Is with, different now. But it's like, you know, the bottom line is I don't what's your what do you play? You know, what how much time do you spend playing this game? Okay. After a year, what will you get back from doing that? Does anyone, like, there's no payback. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You'll get this instant gratification. It's like getting sucked into a Netflix binge. Yeah. And that, and which is now an official, like, medical term, apparently, or some sort of social term. <laughs> yeah. Netflix binge is, a, is an official disease or addiction. Mm -hmm. Well, you go to work the next day and you didn't sleep. No, you, <laughs> well, but, the but they watch the whole, the entire <laughs> Walking Dead collection. It's, and, yeah. what's that, and, and what does that do for you? Is that how does that mean you know you it's escapism i guess but yeah but yeah it's it's a fascinating the whole thing you know my biggest concern is is the the ability of people to actually have conversation seems to be gone my grandfather uh, my late grandfather passed away frank pile he would always tell us at the table when he was alive when we go to dinner we got the phone out you know pay attention there's going to be a test and since he's died i've used the statement way too much because he passed away you, can, be about a year and a half ago but it's seriously he passed away and, and i literally you know I, I look at my phone and i think you know what would i give to be at dinner with him again talking about my next gig or my well, next that's thing. The thing that's the thing we pull it's our like, phones out and you, just to see how many likes your if your, your, your selfie got who cares i keep yeah. all my notifications turned off on my phone i'm like the worst person to try and get a hold of because i pick up my phone a lot but when i decide to and you know i had to keep it on because i'm without a car 
car this week and yesterday with the notifications being on, I told him, my anxiety is going to go through the roof. How do people do this? <laughs> you know, and just keeping their ringer on and their, 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 their text tone on. I get hundreds of messages a day. But I, I go through them a few times a day and, you know. Well, I say the, the smart people, the people who are way smarter than me will actually tell you that this, the, if, you, if, you, if you want to make the most of your day, you only spend so much time on email. Yeah. You don't, just because an email, you know, look, the hardest thing is the instant gratification. So, and we feel obliged to satisfy that. If someone texts you, you've got to text them right back. No, you don't. Not unless it's a family emergency. If someone, same with email. And it's, sometimes it's hard to, that blinking lights and rejection. I keep mine off. I have, I literally have all my notifications no, I do too. off. Like, I'm terrible <laughs> though, so. But it's, but I think it's part of our, it's part of the bigger issue right now is the, are you fans of Russell Brand at all? Mm -hmm. He has a book called Addiction. He's got a podcast too, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, he's I've heard a, a couple of episodes of his podcast. He's a fascinating guy, but he um, he has a book called Addiction or Recovering, because he's a recovering drug addict. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually, he's done amazing stuff for people who need help. And part of it was because of his guilt over Amy Winehouse. Mm -hmm. So he did, he self-financed something called From Addiction to Recovery, and he says at the very start, part of the reason he did it was he felt guilty because he saw, he could see what she was, where she was going, there was nothing he could do about it, but he looked, now he thinks he should and could have done more. But in addiction, he talks about, he said in a weird way, being addicted to what I was is really fortunate because it, it was obvious. He goes, there are a lot of people going through life with addictions that are equally as paralyzing, but they're quote unquote, harmless and inconsequential almost invisible mm -hmm. from shopping to eating to this nonsense to the instant gra you know to the self how many likes did I get today yeah and it's a what does that really mean at the end of the day so it's, it's jacks into the reward center of your brain and you yeah no it is exactly it becomes this it. sort of but where are you really going you know you can spend 10 years on getting you know hundreds of thousands of likes and I gauge stuff like on um, like practicality too and I like this this week I post I purchased a house and I posted a picture of you know like a, an update in the house so paint going up on the walls and it got like 150 some likes and then I post a picture of a cancer benefit we're doing Wednesday it's got eight likes yeah. and in my mind I'm, I'm like this is why I hate one of the reasons I hate social media I'm like why would somebody not see like hey there's someone fighting brain cancer like yeah. that's really cool there's people that are you know, coming together for this moment. No, they'd rather like a picture of like paint color on a wall. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's other people. Well, it's hard you because know, you, you have to ask that question. If I like this, does it mean that I like cancer? <laughs> no, but I mean, no. like, hey, there's someone fighting a big battle, and you know, there's someone supporting that's, it. Yeah, yeah, like you know, support. Yeah, I just I, I'm I'm weird about what I support and what I don't, and I don't like people's selfies. I'll be honest with you. I'm 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 not a hater. I'm just like you know, can you show me something cool you're doing instead? Like, did you learn a piece this week for my musician friends? Or, you know, yeah, did you, yeah. uh, do you have an awesome dog? Or did you learn how to cook a meal? You know, I just, you know, for music too. I want to see, like, what music are you working on? Right. You know, don't show me a selfie. I get it. You're awesome. You're pretty. Well, let me hear the newest song you're working on or some guitar riff or something, you know? To me, to me the funniest thing. For my students, at least. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. To me, the funniest thing is, is when you go to a show and the band's over there and all you see is this. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. What is it like now fine. doing shows where everybody's doing this instead of well, actually so rocking in, out? Yeah, Dime Bash, that it would get knocked out of your hands. No, <laughs> but the, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite, you know, there are certain acts now that, you know, I know certain people have done club gigs and they'll actually make people give their cell phones up. 
That's awesome. There's but my professors and teachers who do that now too. But my, you know, but put you, it in the basket. And but the thing, the out. sad thing is, you you you're watching. So, you're in the moment. It's right there. Like there was, when Zach Wilde played the Clyde, mm-hmm. he went out in the audience, and I, I knew where he was going. And I wanted to watch to see what people would do. So if you're a guitar player and you're here with Zach Wilde, and he's literally where you are, you just got this is ruling. But most people like this, right? It's like you're blocking him off with a phone, and you're taking some awful video that's all like this. Yeah. And there's probably like 800 of those same videos all yeah. over the internet. And it's like you've just ruined, you had a moment in time that you will never be repeated ever. Yeah. And my favorite is that Robert Plant a few years ago was on tour and he stopped the band. Second song, he stopped the band. And I can't use the language he used, but he's like, what the is wrong with you people? I'm here. <laughs> I'm in front of you. Yeah. You people down here, I'm eight feet away from you. Switch your phones off. <laughs> because the next phone I see on, I'm gone. <laughs> watch, if that's what you want to see, watch some other yeah, idiots. Cool. Because I'm here now, enjoy the moment. And, okay. you know, there were certain people that, you know, that I, I'm a big Henry Rollins fan. I would dare anybody to try and film him while he's talking because he'll die. Yeah. <laughs> not, not physically. He will berate you to the point oh, yeah. of stupidity because it's, he's it's, <laughs> it's asinine. It's really asinine. You're, it's, it's, and what I want to know is I want to know how many people after they watch a concert and watch the half, how much do they ever go and watch the nonsense they've recorded? They probably come and go, oh, that sucks. Yeah, they so, don't care. They want the likes. They want the attention from the other I people. I have stories about that, but we'll save them for another podcast. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah we're coming oh, up on man. time, and I want to yeah, ask so you about go on, what you're doing now. And how did you end up in Fort Wayne is kind of um, what I'm interested in. What do you think of, you know, you've been all over the world, and we always ask the people we interview about the Fort Wayne music scene, so you should have some unique insight about what's going on here well the reason I came here was I had the longest job interview but I asked for a job here by the way I didn't apply for a job I asked for one I had the good fortune to work for a guy called Jim Marshall mm-hmm. who was he was Jim Marshall's the guy behind the Marshall Amplifier which is the script logo behind everyone from Hendrix through ACDC mm-hmm. through Slayer through ZZ Top you know ACDC yeah. to ZZ you know they've really got and he was an amazing I mean he for whatever reason he took, he took me under his wing and I saw, he was like my mentor so I spent hours with this guy he taught me people skills he taught me how to value other human beings he was he would upset his his financial people oh you, you're paying your workers too much and he's like no paying what paying them what they earn and the way he treated his customers never raised his voice but you know if, if he disagreed with something he'd tell you but he'd do so very calmly he was just a wonderful person to be around unfortunately he passed and then the company changed I wished him well it's still a great company but I realized that my allegiance to Jim my allegiance to Marshall was Jim not the company you know so I started looking around for other companies where because it became corporate and I don't like corporate I don't like corporate because people become faceless yeah yeah so you know funny enough so I I would come here I would come to Fort Wayne and train at Sweetwater for maybe eight or nine times a year so I saw how this company works and at the risk of being obsequious Chuck Surak is the American equivalent of Jim Marshall in my opinion his people values so I came here one time and just asked for a job so and I got this done after I got the job so father of loud yeah that's Jim Jim Marshall has a tattoo on his forearm and Chuck reminds me of that and I want to be part of something which is bigger than it's not just a bottom line on on an accountant's sure sheet at the end of the year does that answer a question to a degree but the the the, the music Absolutely. scene here yeah. is incredible i mean since i've been here the cool thing about fort wayne is it's, it, you've got indy detroit chicago mm-hmm. when i, I lived through. in phoenix for 
I lived in Phoenix for eight years. My family's still there and until they can move out here. So that's a long story. <laughs> Kids don't have other people. No. Um, no, God bless them. They're great. All I can say is that is since I've been here, I've played with I've played with Lita Ford. I've played with Barnes. I've played with Fozzy. I've played with a bunch of like really big name people that I would have had to have driven to L.A. From Phoenix, I never played with people in Phoenix. So mm -hmm. there's a very healthy music scene, not just locally, but and with the Clyde now, just watch all new it, game changer. Watch yeah. it go, and then the clubhouse they got as well, which is cool. Like the small one they're building, it's so cool. I think it's great because it's going to bring more music to make Fort Wayne an entity for those. You know, we've got the Coliseum, which is great, but there are, there's a whole bunch of bands that can't play there, but are above playing small clubs or bars and the Clyde's we needed a good GA venue we really did we didn't have one I, I mean in my opinion I don't want to knock Pierre's but you know it was not just a club bar club we needed a cool GA venue and that's yeah. what I'm excited about Pierre's has a, a huge reputation I yeah. think last time I was there I left my shoes there because they got stuck to the floor <laughs> <laughs> so oh my lord it's one of those types of places yeah. it's cool though you know it's, it's, it's you know it has its name but there are bands who are bigger than Pierre's yeah and Fort Wayne is big, you know, the, the Clyde is bigger than, it's a Grinch's great venue, yeah. and it sounds amazing. Well, we need to wrap things up here, so cool. is there any place you'd like to send people, a website or a social media page no. after we've no. fashioned it for an hour here? Where they find you? I mean, do you want to be found? No, I can, <laughs> I can be found, I can be found, unfortunately, it's called, just go to the, as Henry Lawrence would say, go to the Googles or go to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoever's listening to this, number one, thanks for taking the time. Number two, follow your dream with a passion, and don't let the word of any other idiot, be it a well-meaning idiot or a harmful idiot, put you off. Just follow your dreams and that way you can look back and go, I gave it my best shot. And that's, at the end of the day, that's success. Yeah. I always tell if you, if it's time, like, people go, what do you call a successful musician? And I would say my father. And people would say, why? What did he do? I said, my dad didn't start playing guitar till he was like in his late 60s. But he saw what I was doing and he thought it would be fun. So we, me and my mom persuaded him to buy a Les Paul. So yeah. he bought a Les Paul, and my mother was really an accomplished piano player. And my dad had this friend, Ron Moore, who I think sadly has passed away. Ron played sax, and I can't be the politest way of saying how Ron and my father both collectively played was they sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. I would make a joke, say, so, you know, every Friday they'd have a, my mother would play piano, God bless, you know, God bless the soul, she'd play a beautiful piano, and these two guys would play with her and massacre every everything of beauty she was doing musically but, and I would go and that was why I started drinking because I had to leave the house <laughs> I'd go to the bar I said but joking aside before I went I would look through the window and Ron and my father were having a blast that's musical success that's if cool. you play what you love and you love what you play it doesn't matter what anyone else's stupid opinion is if you like it you win so be selfish that's it that's awesome that's a great note to end on thank you for your yes, time today thank you or in my father's case, out of tune note. <laughs> but it was a good one because it made him smile. So. Thank you, yeah. everyone. My pleasure. Thank you.